3: live. All right, good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephanie. March 2015. And Being live, you can participate in the show if you choose to. Go to the American. Oh, uh, there you have it, there it is, and uh Five 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 six, six eight. Anyhow, so there you have it. Let's get to some news. Huh? They'll sit up there and they'll say, calling these people on that oh boy Bill O'Reilly yeah yeah oh this congressman that congressman. what do they do when they get there they let amnesty go their stories about all the terrorist attacks, all a bunch of BS. Folks, the only real terrorists running around the world are United States operatives. The whole world knows this except you, apparently. Yeah, I don't like it either, but it's true.
1: It's a fact. It's the way it is. Sorry. And it's been that way for a
3: long, long time before you were ever even born. Oh, boy, does this ever sound great? What a great guy. Yeah, how does he vote? What is
1: he going to do? Nothing. Senator Jeff Sessions, a Republican from Alabama went head-to-head with Environmental Protection Agency's Gina McCarthy during a recent congressional hearing on climate change. (laughs) Yeah, hey, guess what? Uh, An airplane slid off the runway at LaGuardia Airport today, and they closed the airport. You know why? Because there was too much snow on the ground. Yeah, that's right. Snowing in Dallas, Fort Worth. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's ask the people in Boston about global warming. These people just keep pushing the lie. They don't care what the facts are. They don't care the fact that you can see yourself that this is BS. You're full of crap. Do you know Walter Cronkite in 1972, not that you can uh, believe him, because uh, I think he said something to the effect that he sat on the right side of Satan or something to that effect. And, you know, he reported in 1972 that a new ice age was coming. (laughs) Well, what is it? But then in 1985, well, they were saying, well, you know, New York City was going to be like Daytona Beach. Well, all except for the snow, I guess. Anyway, ultimately, he's telling the federal bureaucrat, it's unbelievable you can't guarantee if models have been accurate. The State Environment and Public Works Committee hearings started tamely enough with Sessions questioning the EPA's request for a budget increase of 6%. Hey, you know, everybody else is cutting their wages, cutting their job hours, cutting everything, but they want a 6% raise. I mean, where does the money come from, he asked. When we know where it comes from, where does it go is what we want to know. Sessions then raised the point that plenty of his constituents complain about the EPA's extraordinary overreach and that he'd like McCarthy to address statistics on droughts, hurricanes, and other weather events cited as evidence of climate change. He said, I'm not inclined to increase your funding. So now you say we've got a crisis and a danger out there. Yet a scientist found we've had fewer droughts in recent years. Do you dispute that? But McCarthy couldn't specify. Look, I just want the money. I don't know in listen to this. I don't know in what context a scientist is making statements like that. In what context? Well, uh there's less drought, there's less warmth, there's less everything you say there is, and that means there's no global warming. That's the contest. And obviously, frustrated Sessions jumped in and said, well, you need to know because you're asking this economy to sustain tremendous costs. McCarthy gave similar shoulder shrugs to other weather-related questions. Hey, I don't know anything. I just want the money. Because we say there's an emergency. On hurricanes, McCarthy said, I cannot answer that question. It's a very complicated issue. Really? Are there more hurricanes or are there not? That's not so complicated. And on the temperature, she said, I do not know what the temperature models actually are predicting that you are referring to. Oh, Sessions ultimately. But you're here saying we've got an emergency of global warming, but I don't know what the temperature is going to be. I don't know what the models that have been wrong all along are saying. Who cares what the models say? They've been wrong, wrong, wrong the whole time. The models say Florida should be underwater by now. But it's not, is it? Is it? Hey, does anybody know anybody in Florida? Perhaps it has gone underwater since last night. So Sessions ultimately asks, is the temperature increasing less than models predict or more? McCarthy's reply, I cannot answer that. Really? And you want more money? Get out. Sessions was shocked. This is a stunning development that the head of the Environmental Protection Agency, who should know more than anybody else in the world who is imposing hundreds of billions of dollars in costs to prevent this climate temperature increase, doesn't know whether their projections have been right or wrong. Yeah, you're getting the picture. Guess what? That's every bureaucracy in the United States government. They don't care, they don't know, they don't want to know. Just give us more money because we need more raises, we need more power, we need more guns. I wonder if the EPA is armed now. I'm sure they must be because, you know, uh, that nasty, dangerous
3: environment might get them. They have to shoot them,
1: you know, the environment.
3: It's just, you know. How about this? Now, this is, while this is
1: all going on and we have, you know, sessions there, uh, shocked and appalled and, oh, boy, I'm really, oh, my gosh, I'm all upset. And I, yeah?
3: Let's see what else is going on in
1: America. Oh, uh, well, that's not the one I wanted. Uh, we'll get to that one, though. Ah, uh, here's the uh, headline. Defense attorneys upset they weren't informed. Kenosha, Wisconsin, cop admitted planting evidence in homicide investigation. What? Not informed? <laughs> Is that right, huh? Not only did Kenosha, Wisconsin, police officer Kyle Baer plant evidence in a homicide investigation, it looks like Kenosha Police Department and DA ZAP waited to reveal police officer Kyle Baer's admission to planting evidence until the accused agreed to a plea bargain. Now, here is somebody copping a plea to something they obviously didn't do because they don't have to plant evidence on people who actually murder folks. You know, they, they, they can find real evidence. How many cases was officer Kyle Baer involved with, and when should they begin reopening them? Another great question is, what other Kenosha, PD, city, and county employees are doing this? Kenosha is going to try to bury this story. You can contact the Kenosha, Wisconsin Police. Here comes the number, folks. 262-605-5200. That's 262-605-5200. You know... Let them know how much you appreciate officers like Kyle
3: Bear, you know, planting evidence. Now, Bears resigned
1: from the Kenosha Police Department in January during an internal investigation into his actions. Attorneys for the three men charged in the homicide say the state did not disclose Bear's actions until days into the trial for Joseph Jamel Bentley one of the defendants. The planted evidence became an issue when uh, Brantley's defense attorney questioned a witness about the evidence Bears ultimately admitted he planted. District Attorney Robert Zapp said his office shared the information with defense attorneys in late July within days of his office receiving Bears' report about his conduct. What is amazing to me is there are people at the highest level here that don't think this would ever be disclosed. You know, that's fine that the police officer resigned, but that D.A. should be brought up on charges. That's judicial misconduct at the very least. Because, you know, they have a duty to provide all the evidence, especially exculpatory evidence. That means evidence that would, you know, show that you're innocent. They have a duty to share that with the defense.
3: And he didn't. Now, here's what he did. Bears took Tibbs' ID home with him
1: after bringing him in for booking. Folks, when they rifle through your pockets and empty your pockets out, put you in a little yellow jumpsuit, you don't know what they do with it. This guy took it home with him. And on April 15, he planted the ID along with a bullet Bears brought from his own home in a backpack found during a second search of the home connected with the murder investigation. They knew this officer had pulled a fast one at least as far back as January when the officer resigned. Yeah. Yeah, Kenosha. Okay? This isn't just a cop, okay? Understand this, folks. This isn't just a cop. This is a bad cop. This is a bad DA this is bad city officials that are all covering this up and trying to convict somebody for something they can't prove he did and and we're outraged at the EPA <laughs> well yeah i suppose we can be but uh
3: you know there's plenty of other things to be outraged about now uh let's see here well Let's not do that one.
1: Oh, here's a nice little story.
3: Short one. But it speaks to what's
1: going on in a roundabout way in the Ukraine. Because, you know, you folks out there, and there's some very well-informed people, very well-informed people who really believe that Russia is this basket case who can't do anything, and uh, we're the big superpower, and we can't do anything, and Russia just can't do nothing, uh, their whole navy is rusting away, their soldiers are no good, and blah, blah, blah. It's all crap, folks. It's all crap. I'll tell you what. Russia's been playing the West like a fiddle. Look, go read The Art of War, or at least parts of it. Like, read the part where, uh, when you're weak, Show yourself to be strong to your enemies. And when you're strong, show yourself to be weak to your enemies. Gee, now why would you want to do that? Well, because obviously if you're weak, you want to, you know, look like you're strong so nobody messes with you because you're actually weak. But why would you want to say, you know, if you're strong, why would you want to appear weak? Well, so you can lull your enemies into going, hey, 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 look at this, we've got an opportunity, I think we could beat you. Let's attack them now, though, when they're weak. And so they can hammer you into the ground like a nail or a fence post. What do you think Russia's been doing all these years, you know, since the Cold War ended? What do you think they've been doing as the United States has been running around the world attacking and occupying all these places around the globe? What, What do you think Russia's been doing? sitting there going, well, God, gee, I wonder what we could do about. Gee, it's too bad we're so poor and stupid. We can't do nothing.
3: Oh, boy.
1: I don't think so. You know, they're not stupid, and they recognize where the United States' real power is, and it's not militarily. As a matter of fact, the United States' is uh, last night I was actually discussing this on, uh, you know, actually you're going to be able to hear it uh, here in a little bit. uh, Orbit couldn't make it last night, so I was kind of a filling guest. And Al brought this study up that, you know, that while the United States government says the U.S. military can fight two wars at any time, anywhere, because we're so good, uh, there's an independent study that says, well, not not Really? And you know what, folks? Look at the news stories over the last 10 years. Actually, look at what's been happening to the United States military since Bill Clinton. Now, my personal view is that, you know, look, the United States hasn't been able to fight two major full-scale wars, you know, since World War II. And we could barely do it then. We did it, but we could barely do it. And we had to crank up the manufacturing in this country— Divert manufacturing away from automobiles, away from refrigerators, away from all these things that you need, and into jeeps and tanks and and whatever war machines we needed. It took an all-out effort. I mean, not just, hey, you're all drafted, you're all going in the military, you're all going to go fight this thing. And uh, no, not just that. We had to divert all civilian manufacturing, pretty much to military manufacturing to fight two major wars, okay? And we did it, and, and, you know, okay. But you know what? We were not able to do almost any offensive actions against Japan
3: until we basically subdued Germany. Really? Read your history. Our actions in the Pacific
1: were basically retreat and try to make you know slow them down as much as we could, but we were not really conducting offensive operations because we couldn't. Okay, so this type about fighting two major wars is crap, and it always has been. Now you might be able to go go invade. Two countries, like Afghanistan and Iraq, do you really consider those major wars? At best, they're third world countries. And look at how much success we're having. Oh, yeah, we're doing just great, aren't we? We've been there 100 years already, and uh, what do we got for it? Well, we've got a bunch of dead soldiers and 97% of the opium's coming out of there. So, hey, that's something... But really, what do we have? Do we have a stable government in either place? No. Do they love America in either place? Have we beat them into loving us yet? No. We haven't. So we can't even successfully have two minor conflicts. Forget a war, we can't even manage an occupation. So, folks, you know, and what now, what's been happening? Okay? What's been happening since Bill Clinton? They've been cutting military while spending's gone up. Military actual hardware's gone down. And what's happened to that hardware? How's that F-35 super fighter or super air platform doing anyway? Does it fly yet? Well, does it fly with crashing yet? Oh, and where is it made, by the way? Oh, it's made all over the world, different parts from different countries, all our pals. What if those pals decide, we don't like you anymore? What happens then? They don't have to actually take up arms against the United States with anybody they just have to say, you know what, we are not supplying you with those mili- with that military equipment anymore. What happens to our military then? No more spare parts. No more new airplanes. Yeah, what happens, huh? This is not looking good, folks. And it- you want to take the most simplistic view and say, well, Russia, you know, they got real problems. Well, yeah, they've got economic problems. Everybody's got economic problems hey, you know what let's Let's look at the European economic superpower of Germany. All right? Let's look at them. Hey, what's their military look like? Oh oh, that's right. They barely got a military. They don't spend hardly any money on their military well how are they doing financially they're doing better than anybody else in europe but you know what they've got real problems and they don't spend a dime
3: on military uh oh yeah you know they, <laughs> i'm telling
1: you folks it's uh it's not as it seems Russia's nothing to fool with, but what are we doing? Poke, 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 yeah, let's stick that bear with a stick, a nice sharp stick. (laughs) Yeah, see what happens. Well, we'll come back and we'll have a little story about one of the things that's happening. And, oh, my, what a shock. How could they possibly do this? We're the superpower of the world. We'll be back in a bit. (laughs) See you. jug for $189 and our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250 all our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot dome and cooling tubes and the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply Unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do either. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas, that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street, they all need what you need first aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316 316-
4: Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals, Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulphur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays,
5: 6 p.m. Pacific.
1: All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. And it's still the 5th of March 2015. Uh, It's about 1241 and a half out here. Anyhow, if all that's true, we're live. You can participate in the show, which people are, at the chat room, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Look for the chat link. Go on in there, and you can uh, participate with the uh, discussion in the chat room. I can't anymore except on the radio here, but uh, it's fun during the breaks. And, uh, you know, people, everybody doesn't agree with me that listens, and you don't have to. It's something to consider, though, okay, because here's the deal. What you're seeing in the mainstream media is not the truth, okay? That's the only thing I can tell you for absolute certainty. What they're telling you on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC—you name them, you know them all. They're not telling you the truth, okay? That's that's something I can, I can almost—I'm talking ninety-nine percent—I can guarantee you that. Okay, so with that said, what is the truth? Well, there's where things get difficult, you know, because you have to analyze the the, the known facts. But first, then you have to kind of see, well, what are known? What is known? Then you have to look and well, okay, what is believed to be known? And you've got to start, you know, you've got to wash through that. And you've got to try to come up with something because nobody is going to, there's nothing out there that says, well, okay, oh listen, here it is. There's the absolute 100%. What's going on truth? You're not going to be getting that. Okay? Now, That's what I do. I come on and I tell you what I think is going on from what I see, what I think I know, and what I do know. And what I do know is a lot less than what I think I know. And honestly, anybody would have to admit the same. If they don't, they're buffaloing you. Okay?
3: Now, uh,
1: one of the last questions is, uh, you know, the, the the. discussion in the chat room was, is Russia weak? And somebody was saying, yes, they are. And now the question is, what if the U.S. and the Russia are both weak? You know, that may be closer to the truth than people might, you know, at first glance believe. Because certainly the United States presents this illusion, I believe, of strength. Because I don't believe they are strong. Our economy is dying. They're trying everything they can to prop up this economy. And it's not going to work because they've dug the hole too deep. They have stolen too much. There's been too much corruption. The billionaires have taken too much. They got too greedy. The parasites are killing the host. That's the bottom line. That's really what's going on. Because you know what? These Billionaires don't produce anything. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute. Bill Gates is a billionaire, and he produces something. Well, if you really go and look at Bill Gates and Steve Jobs' history, you're going to find out. uh, I suppose if you can consider stealing someone else's work, Claiming it for yourself and making a billion dollars producing something for the population, I suppose, then they produced something. Because that's exactly what they did. They took other people's work, claimed it as their own, put it together in such a way they could make a lot of money. Now, uh, what is the name of that movie? And, you know, I don't generally point people to movies as historical fact, but, uh, you know, uh, this movie has some truths in the, you know, if you look at this movie, you've got to say, well, okay, a lot of the frivolous personality things, relationships and all that may not be true. They're dramatizations, but the underlying story is based in fact of what Steve Jobs and Bill Gates did and it's called the pirates of uh I think the pirates of Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley. I'm not sure if that's it, but it's the pirates of something. It's a, it's a it's a good movie to watch anyway. I mean, if you uh, either you like or you hate either one of those guys. I mean, it's a decent movie. Uh and it's not all, you know, it's not all terribleness and these are horrible people, although pirates, you know, hey Everybody liked Johnny Depp and Pirates of the uh, Caribbean, so, you know, hey, pirates, I guess, don't have to be all bad, right? They're just mostly bad, and they are always thieves and liars, and that is Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. So, when you say, well, yeah, there's a couple of billionaires that, well, they gave us iPhones and Windows. Well, actually, they stole those ideas and then repackaged them as their own and, you know, put them out to the public. So, no, they really didn't produce anything, except, you know, unless you consider crime producing something, which I think the parasites do, because that's what the Federal Reserve is doing. Okay, they're just producing crime, criminal, you know, criminal operations. Now, look at it this way. Look at the people in Afghanistan. They are supplying 97 percent or 93%, 93% of the world's opium. Now, opium's pretty, you know, now, granted, the price of heroin's come down because, you know, there's been a glut of it, but opium is a fairly, you know, it's not just used for illegal drugs, okay? It's also used in pharmaceuticals. So you would think, well, shoot, if I'm going to be an opium uh producer, I'm going to make a lot of money here. Well, no, they're not. (laughs) Afghanistan is still a third world cesspool. And the people actually producing the opium live in shacks. Probably live on a yearly wage that you spend in a week. How's that profiting? Oh, but who's profiting? Well, somebody is. Yeah, the criminal operation, the criminal family that the United States put in charge of Afghanistan, which was the head of the Northern Alliance, which were the people that our former buddies, the Taliban, kicked out and drove to the north and were gonna hunt down and kill. Why? Because they were the opium producers and the Taliban says, Well, you know, the Quran says that uh opium is you know, a sin and we have to kill anybody who's involved in it. Yet that's the fact. What did the United States media tell you? That the Taliban was using opium sales to fund their terrorist activities. That's not true at all. Okay, that, that would never be true. That was not as true as when they said Saddam Hussein uh, teamed up with Osama bin Laden. They hated each other. There was no way they were going to deal with each other. I mean, these media outlets tell you lies that are so clearly lies, if you know anything, it's ridiculous. But you see, there's the problem. Therein lies the rub. The herd in America doesn't know anything. We're in the information age, where you've got basically an open encyclopedia. The New York City Library, on your screen, in front of you, in your living room, and people, what do they do? I don't know what they do. They go to Twitter? and find out what some dimwit did for dinner. <laughs> okay, well, you know, here's Russia. Russia is building a new aircraft carrier. Well, how can that be? They're poor, they're weak, they're broke. They're uh they're 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 over, man. Not only are they building a new aircraft carrier, it's going to outsize the ones America's current navy has. Oh, well, Oh, and let's go back to the little problems that the United States is having building its new aircraft carrier. Well, they're sure all the problems will be fixed. There's no problems, really. It's just uh, things to be solved. Yeah, that's a cute way of saying. Yeah, problems. Okay, so let's see. The radar doesn't work. The missile defense system doesn't work. The catapults launch the airplanes don't work oh the airplane that they want to put on there the f-35 that doesn't work either oh the boilers the engines they don't work and they're nuclear so there's really nothing to worry about with if they don't work right (laughs) oh but you know you figure all that's a real bad problem sounds like a lot of real bad problems yeah well the biggest problem yeah uh well somehow along the line the U.S. Navy decided to just start building the ship, right? You know how designers now do everything on the computer? You know, they design everything on the computer, and then they run it through a model and say, well, is this going to work? You know, back in the old days, they would build a a, a model, a little model replica, and they'd stick it in a tub of water and see if it floated, right? Well, now they do it all on a computer. Well, they they usually do, but not in this case because they just decided. Ah, just hey, it all looks good. Don't don't bother with that. Let's just build this. So they started building it, and then they once they got do- started building it, then they ran the computer models and said, "Oh, oops, we've got a little ballast problem. A ballast problem." Uh, a ballast problem is pretty significant in the fact that the ballast is what keeps your boat from tipping over and sinking and killing everybody on board. See the, the ocean's a pretty rough place, and uh, ballast is something, it's like a weight at the bottom of your boat, you know, to keep you from tipping over when the waves hit you. And uh, this new aircraft has a little... The U.S. aircraft carrier has a little problem with that because somebody decided to go ahead and start building it before they actually ran any, you know, computer models. Good plan. Anyway, so the Russians are going to build an aircraft carrier that's going to be bigger than the Nimitz-class aircraft carriers anyway. And uh, let's see what uh, the Russian itar tass News Agency reports. Top Russian naval commander announced the effort Monday. He said, "Quote, the period of stagnation in the development of our potential has long since passed." Well, now that could all just be propaganda. I get that. You can't believe the Russian generals or admirals any more than you can believe the United States generals
3: or admirals. They're all trained liars. Now, let's look at the
1: aggressive Russians, okay, for a minute. Russia currently has one
3: operational aircraft carrier. It's fairly new, you know. It's not brand new, but it's not that bad. Folks, you know, they've got one operational
1: aircraft carrier. How many does the United States have? Fifteen or so? I don't know how many are operational, but, you know, okay, so who's the aggressive one here? I mean, because what are aircraft carriers? Well, the U.S. military says it's a projection of power. That's what they say. That's not me. A projection of power? Wow. So we're not defending ourselves anymore by, you know, planting aircraft carriers around the United States, uh, you know, and saying, hey, man, if you come this way, we've got airplanes to shoot you down. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't have that. Bottom line is, if a real live attack happened, the United States military would be responsible for great destruction in this country. You know why? Because they're screwing around in places like Iraq and Afghanistan and the Ukraine, everywhere except, Meanwhile,
3: we're being invaded on the southern border, and they do nothing. Anyway, when completed, the new Russian aircraft carrier
1: uh, is reported to be able to hold roughly 100 aircraft, uh, and that's about 10% larger than the Nimitz-class aircraft carrier.
3: Well... I think we're going to find out, myself, I think we're going to find out here that surface ships
1: like aircraft carriers are pretty much going to be the way of the battleship. Now, the battleship, you know, gave way to air power because a battleship just could not defend itself against
3: certain air power. Okay, so
1: now they, then they can, you know, okay, we got an aircraft carrier and, uh, you know, it can project power a couple hundred miles away where, you know, a battleship couldn't even touch it. But now what do we have? Well, we've got missile cruisers and we have submarines that have cruise missiles on them which means oh you do remember when the chinese submarine popped up in the middle of the uh, you know the 7th fleet's uh, operation you know their little uh, games they play out there yeah it popped up right in the middle of them nobody knew they were there oops somebody fell asleep or did they well nevertheless there it was now what if that what if that submarine before you ever knew it was there, decided to launch, uh, I don't know, 20 or 25 cruise missiles at your fleet, at your aircraft carrier. Five or six cruise missiles crashing through your flight deck uh, would uh, significantly damage your operations uh, on that ship. Don't you think? So, you know, I really think that myself, uh, Russia's spinning its wheels and wasting its time building an aircraft carrier. They ought to build more submarines, as the United States should, because I think that's where the future is. But, hey, that's just me. Uh, let's see. Oh, I got another cop story here that you won't like. Um, Cleveland. They're apologizing. Oh, gee, sorry. In an attempt to protect all our defenses, we used words and we phrased things in such a way that was very insensitive, very insensitive to the tragedy in general. The family and the victim in particular. So we are apologizing today as the city of Cleveland family. Blah
3: blah blah. Well, you know, they um, they are trying. They're they're about to get sued because they killed a 12 year old kid. They're about to get sued. Tried to oh tried to blame it
1: on the victim. The 12-year-old did it. Well, you know, if he wasn't doing what he was doing, uh, we wouldn't have had to kill him. Oh, wow, a 12-year-old kid. Now, I realize some 12-year-olds are pretty pretty big and all that, but yet, you know, know, whether you're 12 or 22, I, I feel the police really have more tools at their disposal than to just shoot everybody dead. You know, like tasers and mace and, well, I guess pepper spray now, you know, whatever else they got, A Billy Club, you know, I, I think there are other options than just shooting everybody dead, you know, first choice, shoot everybody dead, I, I think that's bad, okay, for police officers in this country to be that way, what do you think, anyway, whatever you think, whatever I think is going to have to wait, because we are out of time, and uh, I'll be back again tonight. We've got a full day coming up, so don't go anywhere. And as always, thanks for listening.
4: network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
6: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Melody Sederstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. James Corbett of the Corbett Report will be joining my co-host, Alfred Adisk, for a two-segment interview, and that will begin uh, during the second and third segment of today's program. And for the next 20 minutes, it's going to be myself and David Krieger of Hobson NBT. He is joining me today for this segment, and we're going to talk about uh, where gold will be heading in the not-too-distant future. Uh, but first, we're going to begin with the market report for Thursday, March 5, 2015. Gold today struggled. Um, currently in the New York spot after our trading, 240 to the downside at 11.9890. Silver's down 3 cents today at 1629 Platinum is down 3 at 1182 along with palladium down 2 at $827. The USDX today is trading sharply higher, once again, 0.47 at 96.39. Crude oil today is down a little bit, still above the 50 level, 50.92, down 0.61. So actually, really, as much strength as we've seen in the index the dollar index for the past couple days and we still have gold hovering at that 1200 level certainly trying to take off but it always gets battered down we had a high today of 12 almost 1210 um, it's really not doing it's doing a pretty good showing and I'm not sure so sure that the jobs report tomorrow will be as good as what they say they will so uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit but first let's go ahead and see what the paper markets did today the Dow was up 37 points, 18,134. The NASDAQ up 15, 49.82. The S&P was up 3, 2101. Euro, that got hit once again, 0.50 to the downside at 1.10, 1.10. The Euro's got to find a bottom here somewhere, you would think. Um, oil today, as I mentioned that, oh, the 10-year yield, two point eleven down point zero one. And uh first I'd like to say hello to David Krieger. Good afternoon, David.
7: Hello, Melody. It's good to be with you again.
6: Thanks for being here today. You know, I I told the listeners we I'd mentioned a little bit about the uh, US unemployment aid that reached a ten month high. Um and, and but yet they still talk about solid job gains. Uh, We also hear a lot about tomorrow, the anticipated jobs report. It's like everybody just holds their breath, but yet we know these numbers are so exaggerated, just downright lies as far as what is happening in this economy. The number of people seeking unemployment benefits rose last week to the highest level since May. Weekly applications rose 7,000 to seasonally adjusted 320,000. Uh, that came from the Labor Department today. Um, the four-week average um, is a little less volatile measure, and of course, that increased to ten thousand to three hundred and four, and that is also a six-week high. But hey, these Americans out there—they're still more confident, and uh, they are spending more. And, you know, uh, it's,
7: it's funny. It's funny you mention that. Uh, I live in Tampa, Florida, of course, and uh, and by the way, I'm I'm uh, coming to you today from my private house. And uh, the significance of that is is that I surprised my wife and I've bought her some furniture she wanted but didn't think, you know, uh, uh she was going to get and blah blah, but I surprised her. I had the delivery guys come this morning and she may very well come home while we're on the phone here, so if you hear a little squealing and laughing, that will be her. Oh, okay. So anyhow, uh, but down in Tampa, uh, one of the things that's interesting to me is Johnson & Johnson uh, has just uh, announced they're coming down with 700 jobs in Tampa. They're con- they're consolidating from uh, around the country. Uh, this follows uh, Bristol-Myers Squibb that came down with 600 jobs
8: uh, early
7: last year. There's four other jobs. Uh, uh, people uh, or further uh, large companies coming to Tampa to uh, do finance and uh, support services in uh, the infrastructure, receiving uh, fairly lucrative uh, deals from uh, the state of Florida and from uh, the local county here. Uh, for instance, uh, the uh, Johnson & Johnson uh, uh, move uh, is $27 million, of which uh, $14 million is out of uh, state incentives. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means that there, uh, these jobs are being consolidated, and and actually uh, Johnson and Johnson is calling back. This isn't the creation of 700 jobs. It's 700 jobs that are uh, left after they consolidate. So I'm I'm kind of I look at the the numbers and I hear what you say, Melody, and I'm I'm very suspicious uh, of these of these numbers. I'm surprised it's not higher. Yeah,
6: really. And, jobless uh, claims. Absolutely, and you read day in and day out, you have Target, they're cutting thousands of jobs uh, within the next couple of years. Uh, you can read uh, Neighbor Neighbors Industries, they cut nearly 3,500 uh, jobs, and that's this month already. Uh, RBS, certainly maybe not all these jobs are here in this country, but they're cutting up to 14,000. Um, so, I mean, you see these uh, layoffs coming, and uh and those are just the biggies. There's tons of little ones, but uh, they're, they're the ones that uh, you know get the news and, and you read about. Um, but and it's interesting because they all also refer to U.S. consumers feeling a little—they were a little bit less confident this month, which was February. Um, but their spirits are still high, and why is that? Because you got the stock market at all these highs. I mean, Mm. that is really what's making these consumers feel confident. And, of course, the drop in oil prices, gasoline prices have come down. So they're beginning to feel a little more confident, Uh, but certainly they they also continue to say that the the, jobs are harder to get than they were before. So, you know, there's. So much lies, so much conflicting information, and uh, all you have to do is really look and see what is happening. Just like you shared with us, what's happening in the Tampa area,
7: and uh, that'll give folks oh, a clue. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it it, it is kind of interesting. The uh, the uh, states that are going after the jobs are uh, laying out huge amounts of money to attract those jobs, but. Uh, uh, and they seem to be successful. I, I kind of feel sorry for the uh, people that live in states where they don't have aggressive uh, uh, governments going out and really trying to recruit and uh, incentivize uh, companies for coming, because if, if a company is going to uh, be coming uh, and, and uh, sloughing off jobs, uh, it would be you know really nice to be able to uh, bring them into an area that, uh, that needs them. And, and Tampa and uh, uh, Orlando uh, corridor over here, uh, do need jobs, but uh, uh, it seems that uh, uh, as the incentives have grown, more and more companies are coming down here. So it's good. We're we're giving Texas a run for its money, believe it or not.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, where, do, where do you see gold
6: heading um, for this next year? Uh, certainly, uh, I think the whole industry, the gold industry, believes that you know gold should be much higher with all the mm. things you know it's weird there's so much going on there's so much negative news the tr- even the truth there's so much negative truth out there
8: mm. and
6: you know gold should be much higher we all know it's manipulated
7: um well i think there are think, uh, gold? yeah well uh you know we we were talking about this a little while ago and uh and my my feeling has uh been for a while and i think uh will remain so that I think, uh, as long as the Fed is, is continues to pump money into the stock market, that's where the action is going to be. And I think that gold, in the, in the for the next uh, several months, is probably going to be uh, hovering around the, the level that it's at right now. Uh, I think that, uh, uh, and I, it's a pure guess. You know, I'm not a I'm not a financial analyst, and I'm I, but. That's what I hear from from my uh, uh, peers, and and I think uh, we, we're all kind of anticipating that if if nothing serious happens in the way of a national emergency or a, or a, some kind of a natural disaster, that uh, gold is going to uh, pretty much stay where it is. And and for some people, that's good news. The reason it's good news is that um, uh, prices are are very favorable. Uh, it's a great time, uh, according to many to be accumulating uh because uh as you say it 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 almost is uh defies logic as to why gold is at 1200 given all the economic uncertainty political uncertainty uh dangers in this world uh, european problems uh uh, just you know china on the move uh, all of these things going on and uh and uh, so i think there, there's a lot of a lot of consideration uh, to be given to being uh, able to accumulate gold at this level and uh and, and look for the long term which has always been a good strategy and common sense uh you know to, to look five years ahead i think five years ahead we're gonna we're gonna see gold way out there again that's my personal opinion i, I have you know no crystal ball to tell that but just by going on basic economics, it would seem to me that's the way uh, it would it would uh, uh, almost uh, uh, seem very logical to go.
6: Well, I ran some comparisons this past month back in February on Mint State sixty four twenty dollars Saint Gardens, and you know the, the semi-numismatic market always gets such a bad review from these. New dealers into the market since 2008, when uh, uh, we have certainly seen the, the great increase in gold. Gold outperforming all other investments. You had a lot of new people come into the market, people that were doing other things that maybe lost their jobs, and the, you know, in the financial markets, uh, and so they went to the next hottest thing. The easiest thing is always the hottest thing, and that was gold. And uh, they, they came into the market without truly understanding the different markets. Um, how the industry works, uh, they were able to set online websites and, and do their selling, and that's fine. That's fine, but I don't believe they understand truly what the the various how the coins perform. I mean, there really are no bad coins. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. but but it been a time, but it has been back, it's and I'm going to force.
6: You know, miss out on the coins. They're the ones who bring the bad reputation. Yes, yeah, so certainly. Coins. 50
0: facts. So it's not the coin's bad reputation, it's the coin.
6: So, oh. anybody who's
8: going to buy coins, they certainly need to be research and to understand. And education about coins is very important. With all that,
6: Gold was trading at $1,238. So today, basically at $1,200, you have gold, bullion gold, down $38. But the Mint State 64 $20 Saint Gaudens is actually up $70. Uh. And to me, I think that's an incredible showing for a coin. It's the perfect example to allow people to see what these coins and how they can perform. They're, they're not mass produced. Uh, the supply and demand does have a major impact on, on these coins. You're not getting into an area or a venue to where you, you need to have a specialty buyer. I mean, they're, they're certainly by no means rare. Uh, out of NGC and PCGS, there's only Five hundred and twenty-six thousands of them known to be certified, you know, as of the last of last year, and I just think these are
7: incredible buys at this level. Well, I agree with you. I I I track on the wholesale level uh, back uh, starting at two thousand ten, and historic going back uh, as long as uh, the records exist, and uh, on the sixty-four Saint. And uh, uh, the way we uh, track it is uh, we take the uh, melt price uh, and subtract it from the asking price, which is, of course, the premium that you pay. And then we do it as a percentage. We uh, take the ask price over the melt price and express it as a percentage. The highest uh, on a wholesale market, roughly, was someplace around 95%. Uh, way back in 2004, in uh, 2010, uh, that percentage uh, above uh, uh, ask over melt was someplace around uh, 65, 66 percent. Today, it's almost uh, a third of that. And what you're tracking over the last month, I'm tracking over the past five years, and I, I would agree with you, Melody, that it's it's a um,
2: it's a, it's a great
7: time to do it. Um, today, uh, we've got 1197 gold, and that uh, percentage uh, over you know will vary, but it's it's a very affordable coin, and uh, you know, I, I love them. I, I've literally sold millions of dollars worth of those to uh, various dealers, and uh, they're always good, and they they particularly are good for people who want the assurance that they know what they're buying, instead of buying an uncertified $20 gold piece, which is subject entirely to uh, the interpretation of two different people, it's a lot better to have that NGC certified or PCGS certified coin that you know is a 64, and you can go to virtually any coin shop, any coin show, uh, other places, uh, call you. and and turn it in for a fair value and can be told what what those uh, are selling for on the market today.
6: You know, that is an important benefit when you buy uh, these types of coins because almost every conversation with new clients, I get the answer, how do I know it's real? Yes. And, And that is important in today's world. I mean, certainly we have protocols in place, you have protocols in place, uh, to, to prevent any type of um, non-proper coin coming into the markets, but uh, if, if folks have to liquidate someplace other than myself, uh, it certainly gives that that gives that guarantee of it is what it is. That's uh, why it's certified; it's guaranteed to be yep. a mint state 64 twenty-dollar gold piece. And we're almost out of time, David.
7: I hear you, and uh, I'll just tell you that I have some beautiful '64, '1908 No Mottos, and uh, they're yours for uh, almost $15 under the wholesale uh, sheet. So, um, well, that's fancy. Feel free to offer them.
6: Alrighty, the price for those, that will include shipping, is $1,530. $1,530 includes shipping. Give us a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800 three seven five four one eight eight. We'll be taking a short break here and um I was corrected. I believe the interview for the next two segments will be uh Al and um Frank. Frank Stefan. So uh stay tuned and thank you for joining us. Thank you, David.
3: All the best Melody. Talk to you soon. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank <laughs> you.
9: Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate, in those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online at powerherbs.com.
4: Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com, or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR 2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR 2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
0: Folks, I'm Alfred Addis, and this is, this is uh, Financial Survival. Brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. And we have a surprise for you. Turns out that James Corbett is not available this evening. We haven't been able to catch him. He's in Japan, and uh, whatever reason, we can't we can't make the connection with uh, James tonight. So we're going to bring in Frank Steffen. He is the producer and mastermind behind American Voice Radio, and he will be my guest. We keep Frank in a little glass container there in the studio. In case of emergency, break glass. So we have broken the glass to bring Frank in as our guest du jour. Now, Frank? Hi there. Hi
1: Emergency guest.
0: I know, an emergency guest. Uh, here's an article from Reuters. And the headline is A year after fleeing Ukraine Dukovic speaks speaks of return. Now Ukra Victor Yukovych was the duly lawfully elected president of Ukraine. All right, up until about a year ago when a revolution fomented largely by the United States overthrew the existing government of Ukraine, which was pro-Russian, and installed a new government, the one that's there now, which is pro american And it turns out that the Ukrainian people were not all that interested in having their government overthrown And some of them took uh, the Crimea broke loose and said, that's it, we're out of here, we're going back to Russia. Crimea broke loose. And eastern Ukraine also wanted to break loose or at least become autonomous and closer to Russia and let western Ukraine stay with the United States if that's what they wanted to do. And the result has been a civil war in Ukraine. So... Here we have the headline from Reuters and it says a year after fleeing Ukraine, Yanukovych, he's the former president of Ukraine, and lawfully elected, not, not there by virtue of a revolution or a coup that was inspired by outside forces, lawfully elected by the people of Ukraine. Right? He speaks of return. It's Moscow, how said Ukrainian President Viktor Yanukovych, who fled Russia a year ago after being toppled by months of street protests, That he was ready to return to Ukraine if the opportunity arose. So, I'm wondering, Frank, do you think this is just a top item on Yanukovych's bucket list? I mean, I'd (laughs) like—I could make an announcement that I'm—I'm willing to go back to my high school uh, if I can, if my age is set back to 18. You know, I'm willing. I, I would do that. I would make that sacrifice. I, if I could be 18 again, uh, is this, is his return to Ukraine intended merely just an offhand comment? Well, they brought me back. I'm sure I'd be president again. But he's been hiding out in Russia for the past year. Or, is, or do you think this is part of a ploy by Russia to resolve the Ukrainian civil war? In other words. Would the Ukrainian people, who all, all of them, ones that are pro-Russian, ones that are pro-American, uh, all of them voted to elect this guy to office in Ukraine a little over a year ago, would they be would they be willing to take him back? And would he be enough to heal the rift in Ukraine and perhaps stop the conflict?
1: you no. see what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, it's really, you know, it's so tough to even comment on it, you know, with any kind of confidence, because I know that we are, it is really difficult to get any legitimate news out of the Ukraine. You're not getting it out of anything from this country. I mean, that's. That's clear by just reading other countries' news on the Ukraine. It's it's ridiculous, really. I mean, the Ukraine is, a to me, a huge story. And it's really we, – we don't hear much about it. I mean, yeah. we hear this and that about, oh, gosh, you know, Congress is doing this or they're not doing that or amnesty this or am- not amnesty that. But we're not hearing anything about World War Three about to start in the Ukraine. And it's, you know – uh That is a really dangerous—I think, personally, it's more dangerous than the Middle East. I agree with you. I think it is potentially because it's the one place
0: where we have the United States going nose-to-nose with Russia. We're basically there. That's what's really going on. This is a conflict between the United States and Russia over who's going to run the Ukraine.
1: And and the United States, in this case, does not have the moral ground. Now, I don't know that— you know, Russia's all that moral in its in its stance, but I know we do not have the the moral high ground. No, that's exactly right.
0: But Russia has problems that have been, you know, the economic problems that have been aggravated or even imposed by the United States based on sanctions because Russia has the audacity to defy the United States' attempt to grab Ukraine. And Russia said, uh-uh. You know, this happened back during the winter Olympics. Yeah. Huh? And while we were Russia was celebrating the winter Olympics, the United States government fomented a revolution in Ukraine and in a matter of weeks, blah blah blah. We had a revolution. And Russia got caught flat footed and now they're trying to catch up and resolve this. They don't want the United States right on their board, on the Russian border.
1: Well where right. any more than we wanted
0: Russia in Cuba. Back in the
1: 60s. Well, and we don't even, you know, we're not even putting a, a little bit of ocean between us and, and Russia. The Ukraine yeah. is on their border, and yeah, we are filling that country with arms and have been for a while. I mean, Congress just voted not long ago, oh, yes, 90, 90%, 97% or some crazy number. Oh, yes, we need to not let the Ukraine buy any arms because they don't have any money because yeah. they're not a legitimate government. They're a puppet government that the United States propped up there, so they don't have any money. Still, Congress voted to give them arms, and you know, people figure, oh well, arms, you know, arms, you know, M16 rifles and ammunition. No, 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 no. Airplanes, tanks, helicopters, serious war fighting stuff for free. It's. It, it's
0: what a do you t- think is going to happen to those arms?
1: Problem. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I mean I agree. Like, just like all the stuff that ISIS somehow got their hands on in the mm-hmm. Middle East, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. I think the same thing. It's crazy There's, because it's you know, Russia's had some bad times, Russia's had some hard stuff, Russia's had to kinda of play catch up on this. Uh but they may be just about all caught up here. That could be a problem. I think what
0: do you think is going to happen in Ukraine? Do you see either the United States just walking away from this thing? Um, are we going to still be here a year from now? Is this conflict still going to be here a year from now, or will the United States uh, make some sort of an agreement? Say, okay, we're going to go away. Will Russia surrender and stop supporting Ukrainian
1: rebels? Well, what do you think going to who's, who's going to blink? Yeah, I can't i i don't know the time frame because that's just uh you know that's impossible, but I think eventually the United States is going to one way or another walk away. I think we' we'll pretty much have destroyed the whole country already, and we're gonna leave when it's completely destroyed. It's kind of like a wreck took us eight and a half years to
0: destroy Iraq or fully destroy Iraq. I guess we had it pretty much destroyed before the we left after eight and a half years, but I think you're right. The way it's going to work out is Ukraine is going to be terribly victimized by this whole thing. And the government that said, okay, we'll support, we'll we'll get in line with the Americans, and they'll give us a bunch of money, and uh, we'll take over this country, and we'll get rich. I think they're regretting that decision now.
1: Not as much as they're going to once the uh, angry mob gets a hold of them. Yeah, I understand. They figure out who's really
0: responsible. That's one of the interesting ideas, one of the interesting goals in this world. How do we establish who's really responsible for the trouble that we wind up getting caught in? Um, everybody in government will tell us that it's the fault of the Muslims, the Ukrainians, the Russians. There's always a boogeyman to blame. But to what extent do you think our government is the boogeyman?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh if there is such thing as a boogeyman, it's in Washington, D.C., as far as yeah. I'm concerned. I mean, yeah. I, I can't – look, I, you know, I don't trust the Chinese government or, or Vlad the Impaler over in Russia either, but, uh, you know, everything on a sliding scale, I have to say the United States government in Washington, D.C. is absolutely out of control.
0: I agree I agree. And do you think their lack of control – is evidence of their growing power, or is it evidence their growing desperation?
1: Well, if I was going to choose, I would I would say probably desperation because yeah. uh, they, you know, they've always had a certain amount of power, uh, but their desperation, and, and I think their desperation revolves around the fact that they've got a game going that everybody has to get in, or it won't work. Yep. And, and when we say everybody,
0: we don't just mean everybody in the United States. No, no,
1: everybody, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Uh, because if they don't, it won't work.
2: Yeah.
1: And they and there's some holdouts, and I think they're getting a little desperate because, you know, they're seeing they're seeing this collapse on them if if they don't get it together.
0: And as a result, they start pushing people around. They see what is likely coming, in my opinion, and that is some sort of a collapse. And in order to prevent the collapse, they have decided to install a police state where they can push everybody around and they can make their brilliant ideas work regardless of whether the public likes them or not. Catch my drift? Yep. They, if, From my perspective, a well-run government shears the sheep, and the sheep don't even know they've been sheared. Uh, but when the government begins to lose power, the sheep begin to say, hey, what happened to, what happened to all my wool? And the government puts the boots to the sheep. You just shut your mouth. We'll take your wool whenever we want it, and you'll like it. It's not evidence of growing power. It's evidence of, of diminishing power and growing desperation. They become most fierce right before they uh, just essentially disintegrate. And if that were true, how fierce do you suppose they're going to get?
1: Well, you know, I, I mean, it's it's really, it, it's kind of a natural, you know, the natural thing is uh, there's nothing more dangerous than a wounded animal, and they're yeah. wounded mm-hmm. because, you know, and it's not because anybody wounded them. It's because they have run their own system into the ground, mm-hmm. greed and mismanagement, whatever the reasons are, I don't think that they, I don't think they want Things ending up the way they're going, uh, or they, uh, that they planned on a collapse. I, I don't, I don't imagine they did anyway. Although some people, who knows, at the at the upper upper echelons may have planned exactly that. Well, we're going to have to burn this down, to, you know, burn the village to save the village. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, sort of, uh, you know, mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know, yeah. but I don't think the mid managers. I, I don't think they had this in mind. I thought they thought this plan was going to work.
0: Yeah, everybody thinks it's going to work, but there are fundamental flaws that are built into the plan. It's not just mismanagement. It's not just good or bad intentions. In my mind, there are fundamental flaws that are built into the system, that are built into the plan, and one of those flaws is the idea that you can treat debt as an asset. Right, right. Right? That's crazy. And that's the fundamental idea between our debt behind our debt-based fiat currency, that debt is wealth, and the deeper you go into debt, the wealthier you are. Well, I agree that it seems that way, but it's just a situation of getting your MasterCard, your Visa, and your American Express, and maxing them out, and then getting your parents' MasterCard, Visas, and, and American Express, and, and forging signatures and maxing them out, and it makes you, oh, yeah, it looks like you're doing really good. you got the swimming pool and the new Cadillac and all the rest of that. Ed, but what you've really got is a massive debt, and one day that debt has to be paid or
1: written off. Well, I'm And either wondering. way,
0: the economy goes down when that
1: happens. Well, and because of, of the fundamental flaw that, you know, debt is assets. And if you could just write off the debt and say, okay, look, we're going to forgive everybody's debt and reset, and let's just do start over. Okay, but... You know, people with debt probably would like that idea, but people who have all that those assets from that debt, the paper assets, they're not going to like that so much.
2: No.
0: For example, the national debt right now is allegedly eighteen trillion dollars. Well, let's suppose that they can just wrote off the debt. The in the Bible they had a jubilee every fifty years, where they wrote off all the debt. In the Old Testament, just canceled it all. And if you had been a lender and you'd lend somebody 20 ounces of gold, guess what? You didn't get your gold back. Right? But because the debt was in gold, the gold was still there in the community. It just shuffled it. It it took it from uh, the banker and gave it to some ditch digger. Right? But the gold was still there in the community. The gold didn't disappear. When we deal with the system we have right now, if we cancel the debt, which is made out of, paper and promises, that's all that is, the correlative paper debt assets. Somebody's got a piece of paper that says Bob is promising to repay Sue, you know, $100,000. Cancel the debt. She has a piece of paper that she treats as an asset. That becomes worthless. Can't cancel the debt without canceling the paper assets. Maybe you can't collapse $18 trillion worth of debt and $18 trillion worth of assets without tearing this country apart. Let's take a break for some commercials. I'll be back with Frank Stefan in just a moment. Please stay tuned.
3: Have you feeling stressed out? When
9: life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs' emotional stress formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866. Two two nine three six six three. International callers dial seven zero four eight seven five eight zero one zero. For order online at the three W's dot the power herbs dot com.
1: Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded. Borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it.
0: To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Invest with the
4: security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at
1: 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your
4: host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit discountgoldandsilvertrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188.
1: That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call full free, 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now.
0: Addison, this is Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver, 1 800 375 4188. Talking to Frank Steffen. A couple of different stories and articles in the news. Here's one. Uh, The headline is U.S. military declining from superpower to regional power. No longer able to fight two simultaneous conflicts. The military doctrine policy. For this country, since really the end of the, the uh, World War II, has been that we wanted to maintain a military that was sufficiently powerful to strike, to fight a war on two fronts at the same time. We would have a war that was, we would have a military that was capable of fighting a war in Asia, for example. At the same time, we were capable, we were involved in another war going on in Europe. That was the idea. However, the Heritage Foundation released a new study, and it says the U.S. military is shedding so many troops and weapons, it is only marginally able to defend the nation and falls short of the Obama administration's national security strategy. The U.S. military itself is aging; it's shrinking in size, said Dakota Wood, Heritage analyst, and it's quickly becoming problematic in terms of being able to do, to address more than one conflict the quadrennial defense review said the US military can essentially fight two major conflicts at once it could defeat an invasion of South Korea by the north for example and stop Russia from invading Western Europe or Iran uh, from conquering the Persian Gulf state from conquering a Persian Gulf state but heritage that's quadrennial defense review they said oh things are still cool heritage their their 2015 index of U.S. military strength, took a look in detail at units and weapons region by region and came to a different conclusion. The U.S. military is rapidly approaching a one-war capable force. That's according to Mr. Wood, former Marine Corps officer and strategic planner. So it is able to handle a major war, and then has just a bit of residual capacity to handle another minor crisis that might pop up. But this is a far cry from being a two-war force. All right, first, Frank, do you think it's true that the U.S. military has become reduced to a one-war army?
1: Well, I think I think they've been a one major war army since shortly after World War II. I don't think they've had that capability. That's just been a dream, uh, you know, that they like to talk about. But the bottom line is, they couldn't fight a war against China and Russia, and they never have been able to. Maybe when we were, you know, just right after World War II and the whole army was there and in the Pacific at the same time, maybe then they could. But since then, they haven't had the manpower, and they haven't had the capability to do that. We're barely able to fight two minor wars. I mean, look what we've been doing. Iraq, Afghanistan, we're not doing too good in these places. No, I understand, and it goes on
0: and on and on and on. I mean, we think of this country a little bit along the lines, or the military, along the lines of shock and awe that were demonstrated by the Bush administration when they first invaded uh, when well, in the second invasion, actually, of Iraq, they gave in, and it, it was allegedly the whole thing was over in a couple of weeks. Well, sure, and the blitzkrieg was yes, pretty good in Poland too. Yeah, but that didn't last. That's exactly right. You
8: know,
0: the shock and awe and blitzkrieg stuff—it's impressive on the news media, but then you get to the actual, maybe the people don't go along with it. Right. Maybe they start throwing stones or importing rifles or whatever. Next thing you know, you have a problem that you can't easily deal with, and you can't admit you lost.
1: But in any case, you don't think we were ever a two-war army? Not well. During World War, one. well, during World War II, we obviously we were. But you know, uh, and, and really, if you look back, even then. We had to hold off on, on most offensive operations against Japan right. until Germany was completely dealt with,
8: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and and so we never really even had it going on. Oh, yeah, we did kind of, but uh, the, what they're saying is completely different than I believe the reality has been. Yeah, we, you know, and obviously America can put together a, a two-war army given, you know, given a, a year or whatever, that they, they need to get the manpower and the arms and all that. But I don't know. I'm starting to doubt that we have the capability. Uh, we could maybe put men together, but, you know, <laughs> I'm wondering if we have the capability to, to put tanks and ships and planes in the air and, and, you know, out there to fight a war without, you know, help from other countries. And what if they're not our allies? You know, what if, well,
0: doesn't everybody want to be our ally? (laughs) I mean, they're getting in line knocking, could we be your ally? They they, they surround the White House. All the nations and diplomats are out there. So please, please, let us be your ally.
4: Yeah, it's like
0: (laughs) Democrats lining up to say, "Can Obama, come and campaign for me? (laughs) I think the point here is that we have managed to alienate so many people by throwing our weight around our government. We might be hard-pressed to find allies if we ever ran out of our capacity to print more paper dollars and hand them a free lunch. I mean, if we go into a serious financial problem, there's going to be a lot of people are going to say, they're going to be angry at us, and they're going to see that this creates an opportunity for them to needle
1: us. Well, and, and if our paper dollars somehow become worth less than they are now, and to the point where nobody really particularly trusts them to be worth much of anything,
8: Mm
1: -hmm. we're going to have trouble doing business with anybody. Forget being an ally, but we have outsourced so many of our military, so much of our military equipment, that uh, we're going to be in a jam if they decide, no, you know what, your money's no good.
0: Why do you think we outsource the manufacture of much of our military equipment
1: no i i really i don't know because i you know the conspiracy side of me has to say well i think they did it on purpose to destroy america for whatever reason they have to do that but then on the other hand you know gosh that's you know i can't prove that but i can't imagine how they could make such blunders on such a large scale as national defense. And meanwhile, we don't have any jobs. And, you know, I'm not saying that I, you know, support necessarily a war economy, but, geez, building tanks is better than being on welfare.
0: Yeah, I agree with you.
1: I wonder if the reason they outsource
0: the manufacture at least some military equipment is because the government, really just recognized it's going broke. And they said, we, got to, we can't afford to have military stuff made by Americans. They charge too much. We're going to have to have this made by some third world country or second world country, which is, which is another question for another time. I've got a rough idea what the first world countries are. I've got a rough idea what the third world countries are, but what about the second world countries, Frank? We never seem to hear about them. It sounds that when you think about it, maybe that's a good place to live. Nobody's nobody's invading, nobody's expecting a war, a revolution, economic collapse, uh maybe it's the best of both worlds. Where do we find the yeah, second one? I don't know where then? they're
1: at though.
0: Yeah, neither do I. Get first, third. Okay, what about two? What about number two of this? But back to this idea is did we outsource because we were broke? And we already understood this ten years ago or more?
1: I don't know. You know, I think there's this other thing, too, that you see it out of the Federal Reserve and out of the, you know, when they talk economics, the government or the Federal Reserve, they don't talk about exclusively what's best for the United States, what's best for the United States. They are now talking about what's best for the world, what's best for Europe,
4: what's best for Asia.
1: And I think part of this outsourcing was that there is a lot of money involved, and they're trying to pass it around to their buds. Because that's the only way we have friends is to buy them.
7: Yeah,
0: yeah, it's kind of like a party. As long as there's free food and free beer, I guess everybody will show up. But if you're going to throw a party and charge everybody, right? Probably you won't see that many people come over for the uh, barbecue and beer. Uh, but free will always attract. You can buy a lot of friends with the free lunch But what it done
1: is created a real national security problem because if we run into a war and we run into a situation where uh, our partners, for whatever reason, whether our money's collapsed or they're just mad at us, they decide we're not building anything for you anymore. Uh, It's going to be tough to fight a war without tanks and airplanes and and all that.
0: Well, I think we're backed up with atomic nuclear weapons to the point where no matter what happens, if we've only got 50 people left in the Army, all right, as long as uh, 25 or 30 of them are sitting at consoles that can launch nuclear weapons, probably not a good idea to mess with us. But if we can't be the world's policemen, if we can't engage in two wars, and maybe we never could, but if the perception emerges we can't engage in two, then it probably follows. We're going to be very reluctant to engage in the first war because we can't afford... Make a mistake. We don't have a throwaway war right. anymore. When we can do two wars, we can throw away the first one. We can invade any place. And we've still got enough left for another war. But if we've only got enough for one war in the first place, if that's perception, we don't have a throwaway war left. And we better, oop, I don't know, should we invade? Should we go back into the Middle East? Or maybe better wait. How about the Ukraine? No, better wait, better wait. If we're not playing world's policemen, are we going to see other nations move in and start to and launch their own invasions that they might not have been able to get away with earlier? And now they're going to say, okay, U.S. can't do anything, let's invade
1: You know, I, I think there might be regional things like that, but I think for the most part the big players like China and Russia and those guys, I think instead of invading, I think they're going to come in and start doing business. I think that's yep. what they'll do before they invade. They'll start cutting out the financial legs of the U.S. dollar first. Yeah, and that's already taken place right? to some degree. Yeah. I mean, there are reports,
0: and I don't have them here in front of me, but Russia and China have made dramatic moves in the last six months to divest themselves of U.S. dollars and buy more gold or buy whatever, or just shore up whatever problems they have, but they've tried to get away from U.S. dollars to a significant degree. And all that does is just say, look, the dollar is moving away. It hasn't lost the status of world reserve currency, but that status is not as strong,
1: not as powerful as it was a couple years ago. Well, think about how much more profitable it is to do things that way, to basically conduct an economic war rather than a physical war you know i mean it it costs a lot of money to have a war yeah i know you know and And not
0: only that you might wind up bombing some of the plants that are making some of your own tanks sure can't do that so it's easier just to do you know the economic warfare are we more likely to see economic warfare in this world than we are to
1: see nuclear war i think so you know because like you said i think it to some degree it's already going on and You know, we haven't really been fighting wars per se. We've been doing the shock and awe and then doing an occupation. And occupations uh, don't ever work, okay? They don't ever work, uh, not not a forced occupation. Mm -hmm. Now, if you can make friends with the people and get them to accept you, that's a different story. But if you're in there just hammering people's heads around saying, hey, we're here and you're going to do what we (coughs) say, by golly, and that's the way it is, that never works because there's always somebody behind a bush willing to, you know, I don't care, I'm I'm going to kill, I'm going to kill that's right. you, For and sure. uh, I don't care if you get me. And there's somebody else back here going to do the same thing, and that's a miserable place to live. Yeah. Uh, when you're the one, you know, hey, they know about it in Afghanistan and Iraq. It's it's you occupations just don't work. They don't ever work. They never have unless you can get the people to accept you.
0: I agree, and how do you get them to accept you? By giving them free stuff. Yep. Give them Coca-Cola and Hershey bars. That's that's the secret of success.
1: <laughs> and nylon. Nylon.
0: Nylon. Nylon, yeah. <laughs> <Nylon. laughs> yeah. That's another one. All right, well, where are we, a half. Yep. Anything you'd particularly like to add right now? Something cross oh, No, mind? other than,
1: the, you know, the Ukraine thing, I think people really – Need to stay on top of it. Need to talk about it. Need to you know, develop well, for ultimate celluline. last two, two weeks, problem and, and let them know Davis you Canadian heard it on American on Voice Radio. Radio. Our media just isn't, you know. If anything, they're being supportive of it. Yay! We've overthrown yeah. another government. Whoopee Yeah, I don't understand.
0: I agree with you. I think the Ukraine is a. And how do you? You look into it. You study yourself. Make up your mind on what you think is right here. But if you do agree that the Ukraine is a terrible problem, right, potentially. We've got the United States on one side, Russia on the other side, and they're separated, you know, by not much. There's not much to keep them apart. If you agree with that, what do you got to do? you got to contact your congressman, your senator, whoever, and make it abundantly clear. Get out. Yeah. Whatever your plan is for the Ukraine, it is not worth risking A third world war. Get out. Bring the troops home. Bring the undercover agents home. Bring the CIA home. Then put them on welfare. That's my. uh, There you go. All right, we're out of time, Frank. Thanks very much for sitting in tonight. That's Frank Steffen. He, again, from American Voice Radio. I'm Alfred Addis. This is Financial Survival. See you tomorrow. Bye bye.
6: I work all night, I work all day To pay the bills I have to pay
8: Ain't it best? Still there never seems to be A single penny left for me
4: 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
1: Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the 5.5 hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a a 5.5 hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a a 3.5 hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a a 3.5 hour per gallon with glass collection jug $250. for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy
4: prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen, you need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com Thursdays,
1: sky, fearless men
8: who jump and die, men who mean just what they say, the brave men of the Green Berets.
5: Hey, welcome to Freedom Call. It is American Voice Radio and a a lot of news, so I'm not going to sit around and kind of use examples of my life to try to explain what's going on today. Some of you may cheer. Others of you may say, well, we kind of like the anecdotes. Let me give you the numbers first they continue to go up. And I'm not talking about the federal debt, even though that is true. It continues to go up. But in Afghanistan, we now, as of today, have 1,491 young men and women dead, killed in action. We have 4,439 farmers you're saying. Was that he doesn't like to lose. So he bought up all the attorneys. He fought. He even bought the director of food and drug so that he could win. And Americans have lost. So I don't care to hear what Rumsfeld has to say, other than uh, someone ask him questions about his moral responsibility, and the criminal uh, charges that could, should be filed against someone who uh, knowingly, purposefully poisons uh, Americans and others who eat our products. All right, let's jump uh, ahead to the Supreme Court. Uh, The Supreme Court today has uh, okayed the Westboro Baptist Church in Topeka, Kansas, and uh, with only one dissenter uh they the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that uh, it is all right for uh, members of the Westboro Baptist Church to go across the United States and demonstrate in the burial of American fighting men and women. Now, this, of course, is a controversial Kansas-based church. Having attended the University of Kansas, I was sorry to see the leader of the Westboro Baptist Church. I don't think there's much Baptist there, but he was wearing a a KU uh, shirt at Kansas University, and I thought, Gosh, uh, what bad advertising. Anyway, uh, the Supreme Court ruled that the First Amendment protects Westboro's uh, right to stage these protests outside of military funerals. And uh, the uh, leaders of uh, the Westboro Baptist Church uh, says that they will now quadruple the number of anti-gay protests at military funerals around the country in the wake of the Supreme Court ruling. Now, this is the news as reported by ABC News. Quote, we are trying to warn you to flee the wrath of God. Flee the wrath of destruction. What would be more kind than that? Now, this is A fiery Margie J. Phelps, the lead legal counsel for the Westboro Baptist Church, and the daughter of the Westboro Baptist pastor, whose name is Fred Phelps. She says, we have not slowed down, we will not. Anyway, it was an eight-to-one decision. It upheld an appeals court ruling that threw out a $5 million judgment Albert Schneider, who sued the Westboro Baptist Church after it picketed the funeral of his son, a named Matthew, who was a Marine, killed in action. Westboro Baptist uh, Margie Phelps said she expected the Supreme Court outcome and said the only way for a different ruling is to shred the First Amendment. Phelps is the lawyer who argued the case at the Supreme Court. Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt says he's encouraged that the ruling is narrow in scope. But Schmidt also called it a disappointment for Kansans who have endured for so long the embarrassment brought upon our state by the church's conduct. And uh, if you haven't seen... Uh, probably by television news, this uh, Westboro Baptist Church protest, uh, It ha- can you imagine you have a family member? That family member is a military uh, uh, person and is killed in action, is brought back through Dover Air Force Base, delivered to you, and is buried in uh, the town cemetery where you live. And here comes all of this rabble uh, from Topeka, Kansas, representing a Baptist church with uh, posters, I mean, large and uh, professionally done posters that said, God hates the United States. Thank God for dead soldiers. I mean, it just goes on and on and so there are things that cities can do to separate uh, these protesters but as you heard uh, the uh, the leader of the church Fred Phelps we're going to quadruple that means four times the amount of demonstrations now that the supreme court has spoken out Another interesting thing in the news today, since we have uh, Passover coming up, now, of course, a lot of people uh, look at Easter, and uh, Easter, actually, is from the name of Astara, which was the goddess of fertility. Easter is... Uh, mentioned one time in the Bible uh, Christ and his apostles uh, did not celebrate Easter but they did celebrate Passover which is very clear uh, in the Gospels. Now Passover this year is April the 19th and uh, it actually is a week long feast day uh, if you look Uh, In the first five books of the Bible, Uh, if you go uh, to uh, Genesis, Exodus, uh, Deuteronomy, you will find uh, the exact dates are explained. It is the seven-day feast. Uh, The 19th is celebration of Passover. Then the next day is what they call first fruits. And then the day following that... Is unleavened bread. And so you have the first, there are seven uh, the holy feast days defined in the Bible that uh, God said uh, that they are a commandment to you forever. And in light of the fact that uh, Passover, first fruits, unleavened bread are all coming up, uh, April the 19th, the Pope has uh, made an explanation today that uh, you should probably be interested in, regardless of your religious beliefs, just because the Pope is Pope. Anyway, it's, it says, as Passover approaches Pope Benedict... Uh, is going on the record to affirm that Jews are not responsible for the crucifixion and death of Jesus Christ. It says in excerpts released today from his upcoming book, Jesus of Nazareth, Holy Week, from the entrance into Jerusalem to the resurrection, that that I just read is the name of the book. The pot of completely exonerates the Jewish people of any culpability of the death of the Son of God. Now, we must ask, who exactly were Jesus' accusers who insisted that he be condemned to death? These are all words, this is a quote, out of the Pope's book. Quote, we must take note of the different answers that the Gospels give to this question. According to John, it was simply the Jews. But John's use of this expression does not, in anyway, indicate uh, the people of Israel in general, even less it is racist in character. After all, John himself was ethnically a Jew as were Jesus and all of his followers. Now, we're still quoting the Pope in his book. The entire early Christian community was made up of Jews. In John's Gospel, his word has a precise and clearly defined meaning. He is referring to the temple aristocracy. So the circle of accusers who instigate Jesus' death, is precisely indicated in the fourth gospel, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and clearly limited. It is the temple aristocracy. And not, without certain exceptions, as the reference to Nicodemus, uh, chapter 7, verses 50, shows. Now it says regarding the passage from the Gospel of Matthew where Jews state his blood be on us and on our children. Pope Benedict says it's a mistake to interpret that as some sort of blood curse against Jews. Here's a quote from the Pope. The Christian will remember that Jesus' blood speaks a different language from the blood of Abel, meaning Cain and Abel back in Adam and Eve's time. Hebrew chapter 12, verse 24. It does not cry out for vengeance and punishment, apparently like Abel's blood. It brings reconciliation. It is not poured out against anyone. It is poured out for many, for all. Read in the light of faith, this is a quote from the Pope, it means that we all stand in need of purifying power of love, which is his blood. These words are not a curse, but rather redemption, salvation. Now, Pope Benedict explained that uh, the trial and ultimate death sentence for Jesus is uh, demonstrative of the conflict of truth versus power. As Jesus said, he was a witness to the truth. The local Roman leader, Pontius Pilate, famously asked, What is truth? And then, if you remember, this isn't the quote of the Pope, this is a gospel according to Bo. The Pontius Pilate, uh, after he asked Jesus, What is truth? he turns and won't stay for an answer. So, here's what the Pope says It is the question that is also asked by modern political theory, can politics accept truth as a structured category, or must truth as something unattainable be regulated to the subjective sphere? Whatever that means, the Pope said it. Benedict added that uh, when truth counts for nothing, justice is merely hostage to changing opinions and powerful lobbies. He linked the condemnation of Jesus and the modern failure to understand the meaning of creation, the failure to recognize truth. As a result, the rule of pragmatism is imposed, by which the strong arm of the powerful becomes the God of this world. Benedict also explained Judas, the only one of Jesus' twelve apostles who eventually betrayed him he explained that the other apostles believed Judas had come under the grip of Satan in his betrayal. The Pope said Judas stepped toward repentance by acknowledging his sin and giving back the silver he was paid for his actions, but added Judas's second tragedy was that he could no longer believe in shows us the wrong type of remorse, the type that is unable to hope. the only sees its own darkness, the type that is destructive and in no way authentic. Benedict said, genuine remorse is marked by the certainty of hope born of faith. Well, you remember that uh, Judas uh, killed himself. And so I guess that's what mentions to have to what? Make a law that pushes the debt ceiling even higher, which is probably what they're going to do. As you know, as well as I do, that uh, with uh, over $1.3 trillion deficit, meaning we're spending more Than we have in the bank, it's like you writing uh, checks for millions of dollars more than you have on deposit. The bank wouldn't stand for it. You'd probably uh, be arrested. But nobody's arresting Obama or Bernanke from the Federal Reserve. But nevertheless, these are serious issues, and America needs to come awake, and you need to be in communication with your two senators, and your one elected representative to let them know how you feel. Do we live under the self-imposed debt ceiling of $14,300,000,000,000? Or do we lift the debt ceiling? All right, guys, we're going to take a little bit of a pause here. And so I would like uh, all of you to stay exactly as you are. And we'll be right back with American Voice Radio Freedom Call.